found yourself in a situation that just did not feel right and you couldn't put your finger on it at the time but after reflecting you know exactly what was going on and you still couldn't tell what the freaking problem was <laughs> i've been there let's talk about it Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good midnight, wherever you find yourself in the world. For me, it is early morning. It is 8.14, 8.14, and I am up in the morning. And today we're going to talk about um, continuing the domestic violence series. First, I would like to say happy birthday to Chris. C. I'm not gonna call your last name, but I do know that it's your birthday. He was one of the best groomsmen in the world, and I love him and I miss him, and I wish him nothing but happiness, especially on this blessed day. Happy birthday, Chris! So, um, my wedding anniversary was the 21st of May. I have been married now 10 years. 10 years, 10 years. I don't know if it's 10 years strong or just 10 years long. So, because like all couples, me and my husband, we don't claim to be perfect. And, you know, I always say I'm darn near close, especially when it comes to my spirituality. But when it comes to a relationship, child, like I love him and everything, but I don't know. I just be like, you know, he, he, he cool. He here. We kicking it. You know, we'll see what happens. We'll see where this goes. But 10 years we have been married and 12 years we have been dating. In November, that will be 13 years we have been uh, dating. In November, on I think the 20th, I remember the first time I met this brother. I took him to my house and, you know, took him to my family and fed him some food. We actually did one of my traditions that I used to do back in college called uh, Play Hop, where I used to... Um, go to my family member's house from house to house and get food but also I would cook for my mom and my siblings and I would take the food out there to them and I would also always always take a plate to my granddad which was very important to me I would always take him his favorite which was macaroni because I knew he loved it and I was like oh he gonna need this macaroni today so in case you're wondering you're like okay when does this person do her podcast like I said it is 528 and my anniversary was on 521 so I, I like to keep my podcast up to date relevant and within the month sometimes I'll um, post them ahead and sometimes I will just wait to that day and do my podcast so if you don't get podcasts right away that is why like I am actively doing this I am proud of my podcast I'm proud of the work I do I am proud because this is a reflection of me and I know some of them that they've been low and they've been, you know, I've been trying to figure it out. You know, I only have a small studio, so I'm figuring this thing out on my own. But the point is that this is me and this is what I'm doing. You know, it's part of my ministry is how I see it. So, yes, I do put um, scriptures up here. No, I will not be afraid when stuff come back up later on in my future as all things do when people blow up. I'm not saying I'm going to blow up. I don't even know. I have no idea if people even listen to my podcast at any rate today we're going to talk about a nasty preacher and yes I did say a nasty preacher and you have to be willing to never compromise when you know something is correct and when something is wrong don't compromise because 
if you compromise, you hurt yourself in the end. Seriously, you hurt yourself in the end. So today we're going to talk about a dirty preacher. About a month ago now, um, I went to go see my family. They live out in Kansas, in Junction, and I went to go see them, and I was going to meet my cousin's fiance at the time or it was my first time meeting her I didn't know anything about her I just knew that she was um his fiance and that I heard her talking to him and I didn't really like the way she sounded and I was like oh okay well I'm gonna go meet this chick because you're not gonna sit there and be nasty to somebody that I love in front of me so I was like okay I'm gonna go meet her I went I met her and you know she was cool wasn't really her that this podcast is happening about well my cousin he was like when we got there he said oh you guys are just in time and we didn't know what we were in time for my husband and my son now we just pulled up we were like what we in time for and he was like oh we gonna preach the word i think people mistake that because you are a preacher or because you go to church and you're in love with god that you always want to be in church and that's actually not the case for me I actually feel like I do a lot more outside of church than I've ever done in the church yes I've led devotional service yes I've preached Sunday school yes I've even preached a couple of messages yes to all of that I even did the New Year's message coming in one time that was such a great honor y'all I preached so fast I ain't do it till midnight (laughs) I ended that thing so quick they had to sing some songs and stuff but shoot I did it and I thought it was gonna last till midnight and that was like a very special time for me but when I'm coming to visit my family I don't expect us to have church but not one to pass up church I was like oh okay yeah I guess you know I sat down and then me and my husband tried to get out of it because the feeling in the atmosphere was just kind of I don't know what what it was just wonky um and so we didn't want to really be there like we didn't we didn't care for so we met this dude, Caucasian male, and his wife, and they had this little brown girl with them. And I was like, okay. As soon as I saw the situation, Sunday sit right with me. Okay? Something just was off about the whole situation. And so the girl, she waved. She never spoke. She just smiled and waved. And I'm like, okay, now that's that's odd. She got it like 14 or something. And I'm sitting there and I'm analyzing it. And so I told my husband, I said, baby, I don't like the situation. Already I'm upset because I'm trying to figure out what they're doing with this little girl. And they are old, old, like creepy old, 65, 70 old, you know, not not like a 59 or something. I don't know. One of them is 60 something, just old, okay? And so they... The girl seemed happy, so I really ain't say nothing to her, but I was just trying to talk to her, you know, on the low to see what the crap is going on. Like, I didn't really know what was happening here. So I, I sat down after me and my husband, we tried to escape the Bible study, okay, because we left. We left and we was gone for like two hours. And they were waiting for us to come back so they could have the Bible study. And I was like, okay, I really didn't tell them because even if like if we weren't there we wouldn't have been in the bible study but for some reason they just assumed we was gonna be in the bible study so we came back and the guy had already started and he started making remarks he was like did y'all get lost out there 
And I was like, no, nah, we do want to do something. Oh, we have food here. I don't want your food, sir. You know, my cousin cooked, but I have a thing. I don't care who you are. I have a thing about eating at people's houses. I don't want to eat at no one's house but my own. I'm even skeptical about going to restaurants. And in this series of domestic violence and just violence all around, I'm going to talk about why. Okay? So, I... I was like, no, sir. You know, I was answering him back. And so his wife would get offended. And she'd be like, okay. And like jump in as if I'm saying something offensive to the man. And I'm just saying, no, sir. I don't want this. No, sir. Answering his little petty behind questions. So then my cousin's uh, girlfriend, I knew her voice because I had um, spoke to her on the phone. But actually, no one actually said that was the one he was going to marry. I just walked in and nobody introduced her. Like, nothing. She didn't introduce herself. Me, my husband, my son, we just walked in. And the air was so thick when we got in there. It was like they were already mad that we were there. And I was like, okay, this this crap is not right. And so my husband felt that. I felt that. I kept saying, let's walk out. He was like, oh, just wait. And I'm thinking, no, I want to leave. So me and him texting back and forth. You know, and I'm like, I just want to leave. I don't think something is right. And so anytime you feel that something is not right, get the heck out of the area. Man, freaking get out, okay? I didn't even watch the movie, but the title itself, <laughs> get out. Just leave, run, do something. Because to my understanding, that movie went all the way downhill with a whole uh, Caucasian and Brown situation. I don't know, but my husband said it was not cool. Another thing, I'm tired of watching movies. I'm tired of them making slave movies. Because there is more to brown people than slavery. And all of us did not come from slavery. I ain't never been in slavery. You know. Um, but my family who is in their 80s. They went through segregation. Not slavery. Segregation. And that's in the people that are. I want to say 60 years and above. Because Ruby Bridges is 66. So. Uh, and she dealt with segregation as well. And my uncles and stuff. Those people are not dead. But to continue to make movies about slavery, to me, is an institutionalized thing that says all of you are going to be conditioned that when we came out of slavery, and these people walk around here talking about we came out of slavery, we never even been in slavery. It's time to wake up and see the mass uh, production of go to sleep and just be told this that's going on. You need to know that not everybody was a slave. And even back in the 1920s when segregation was a thing and the 1919 and all that stuff, I think slavery in the, 18, the 1800s, 1860 something or something like that. I did the math. One day I sat down and I said, man, this stuff is about 30 years away from wow. You know, like I looked at it and it hasn't been that long ago since segregation ended. That's why we still fighting in this country for things that should have been granted to us eons ago and shouldn't even be a problem shouldn't even be an actual problem but it is so in like i said within this whole domestic violence we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things that's just wrong and i can't help but speak about it because it affects me my great-grandfather fought in the freaking civil war some war he was fighting in and he had to escape for his life because he didn't do I, it is a common thing that's known that slaves and Chinese people worked on the railroad. They built it. And the railroad people went back and they gave money. So they found a way to shaft my my um, grandma, my great-grandma, when my great-granddad had passed away, saying that because the judge did not sign the um, 
marriage certificate they got married at the courthouse the judge didn't sign it my grandma and my granddad they signed it but the judge didn't sign it that they were not married and so my auntie told the lady oh well my family has been married my, my mom and dad was married long enough to get freaking eight children you could get up out of here out of my house and so she did not get the money that was owed to her and I and the more I look back at stuff the more I realize my family got shopped a lot because even now I'm looking for um my great granddad's records he changed his name he had to run away because he hit some Caucasian dude with a shovel because the dude tried to make him use the bathroom in a ditch on the rare the railroad I can't I don't know why I can't say railroad today I'm sorry and the dude tried to make him use the freaking bathroom in the ditch and he got and so he got upset he hit that dude so he don't know if he killed the dude or not but he assumed he did got his family and left and he was like either way if he had to stay in Alabama which is where he was from and he he moved his family to Florida and um not sure like maybe that dude's ancestors or the people i mean not ancestors but his descendants now that they know like they hear this and they're like oh that was my great granddad or something you know maybe they could piece together some some parts for us you know help us piece together some parts and so i'm looking for uh his military records so that i can make sure like he get they, they used to get medals and stuff and you know we don't know anything about that part of his life so we just trying to figure it out so if anybody's listening and again I always assume nobody is I always assume that I'm doing this for myself because like I said this podcast started out as a relief as a release for me and a relief for me I've been dealing with the fact that my granddad had tragically died the way he did you know another great person that I just I don't understand a lot of things but my generation is a generation that's like we ain't dealing with this bull crap you know and I'm so proud of us for standing up but at the same time I need to know I need us to know when to stand and when not to stand so since we already um I like to keep my podcast really light and really airy and that's not something that's going to happen today I'm going to go ahead and take a break and then I will come back and we're going to keep going um with just this dirty behind preacher because i haven't even started talking about him yet so this might dirty preacher might turn into a a three-part segment on its own because this right here was crazy but yeah i'm sorry that i got off off uh, topic but what i'm saying is actually relevant to everything so and it'll all make sense in the end so pot family i will take a break and i'll be right back to this dirty behind preacher we walk into the door and you know i'm trying not to make waves because i know me if you say something wrong in the bible i am going to say something to you you might as well expect that if you have quote the bible i'm gonna finish that quote for you we're not doing no half and half thing you know like when the men say that the women should be obedient when it says they should submit one to another right above that i'm not doing that bullcrap with you because and then it says that the lord is who both parties should also submit to because he is the true head i might dudes be one of you to yeah I, i'm not even gonna get on that today dude when i get into that 
I know it's gonna be a lot of uh, pastors that's gonna be like, no, she didn't. And yes, I did. <laughs> gonna keep doing it. So, okay, so we made it through this little meeting, and the guy kept saying like little half quotes in the scriptures, and I so I kept correcting stuff, and his wife would jump in because she felt threatened, you know. And this junk did remind me of some slavery type mentality though, where I'm the little brown girl and I got to be silenced by the ma'am or the miss, whatever they called them, you know. And then what really made me feel this way was at the end of it, the guy asked me my age, like, cause we stood around for some odd reason. And I was like, well, are we gonna pray? Because when you stand around me, I'm thinking we've been to pray. So no, he was just standing there just watching us. And so when I said, are we going to pray? It broke all the tension in the air. And he asked me how old I was. And then all of a sudden he started calling me gal. He said it like eight times. Now me being who I am and understanding what gal mean and how that also relates back to slavery. I wanted to punch him in his throat. Yes, our day minister Chandra Harris wanted to punch somebody in the throat. Licensed and can't even dry on the paper. Wanted to punch him in his goddamn throat. I sure did. And so, and my hand went up. I pulled it down. My son was watching me. My husband was watching me. Think about my husband is, he's been in church for a while now, but he didn't grow up in church with me. So the culture to him is a little bit weird. So um, it's not even about church. It's about the relationship that I have with God. And so I felt some type of way. I felt like this dude slapped me eight times because he disrespected me, called me gal. And for some reason, dudes think it's okay to disrespect me. And it's never going to be okay. And I'm always going to say something back. Whether you're old, whether you're young, uh, whether you Caucasian or African-American or brown, whatever the crap we calling it, people of color these days, I don't, nah, nah, you ain't gonna disrespect me. So I stood there, I said, now my child just heard this and my child is learning language. So anything that he hears, he repeats. So I'm like, that's gonna be a problem later on. I'm thinking my husband, he hears this, but he has no reference because he grew up in the North and this was not a thing for him. He grew up in the North in Detroit. So he was surrounded by, you know, brown people. He did go to a, a Caucasian school, but I don't know. He up North is different from down South. So I'm thinking all of this in my head, right? So the dude prays and then he, you know, he's making light and he's smiling. And I was like, I want to bring this up right now. Just broke the tension in the room. Don't think it's a good time. I'm going to go cool down. I'm going to come back and I'm going to say something. So then we were going to go to, um, we went to my cousin's wedding. This dude was there. So I decided I'm going to get a picture of him and show one of my friends who's a prophet, who is a real prophet. He got like that real prophetic ministry where he like tunes in with God and he can tell you everything about you, about your situation. Like I was like, because I was off my A game because that threw me off. You know, one thing about me is I can read people, but when my my emotions start to get in the way, I don't think clearly. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just go to somebody who is thinking clearly, cause and put myself out the way. So I explained to my friend. I said, hey, I got this situation. I ain't gonna tell you about it, but I'm bringing this picture, and I don't want to say nothing right now. But I'll tell you afterwards. You just tell me what you think. Um, talk to God, see what He says about this person, and then uh, tell me something. So then um. I tried to take a picture of the dude at the wedding and he was avoiding my camera like the plague. 
he was avoiding me like the goddamn plague. And I was the videographer, so I did get pictures of him, uh, you know, but he was avoiding me like the goddamn plague. And something happened, like my camera even went out when I turned the camera towards him. I'm like, what kind of juju this dude got on him? Again, they showed up with the little brown girl. The little brown girl was the only one dressed up. And then he was walking hand in hand with this girl. And I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, am I the only one who's paying attention to this? So I'm freaking out. But the little girl seems so well adjusted. So I don't know how to go about the situation. I ain't never seen nothing like that. So, okay, him and his wife tried to pretend like they only met us briefly at my cousin's house. And I'm like, what happened to all that fight they had in them at my cousin's house? They was going ham, you know, on me trying to get me to not say certain things about the scriptures like I guess I was supposed to be dumb never told these people I was a minister licensed or not I never said anything I assume my cousin did because he just run his mouth about everything but I'm guessing he didn't either now it turns out I met the guy's pastor at this church at the church that the wedding was happening at and I met another pastor and I asked him about you know, I talked to him about the situation. I told him, I said, my my husband told me not to say anything at the wedding. He told me to wait till after the wedding and just come back down here. And I was like, I don't think I want to come back. You know, and so I just, I said that I didn't want to deal with it. And so I said, I was going to write a letter to his church and let the church know. So the way I am is whenever something's not addressed, I if I... If I get to a point where I blow up, I blow all the way up. And everybody already know that if you get to a point where you don't, you know, like if you don't talk about things that deeply affect you, you can end up messing up something that you work so hard to to do. You could mess that up in like a matter of minutes. And so I was like, you know what? I don't want to ruin my family wedding. I'm over here taking the video. I don't want to be that person. So, um... We avoided them at the wedding like the plague, you know, and when we did get close to them and we didn't want to be close to them at all. When we did get close to them, um, the lady tried to pretend like they briefly met us at my cousin's house. And right then I started to say, and your husband offended me with his nasty words, but I didn't say anything. I just walked. You know, I just kept walking away like I'm not doing this with these people. I'm not doing this. You could pretend like you briefly met me. You could pretend like you didn't say anything off the way to me. You could do all of that, but I'm not going to do this with you. So I continued to like walk away from the situation or whatever. And next thing you know, we go and my, they're at the reception hall. And I know I wasn't standing that long because it smelled like smoke. I was drinking and that's not my type of scene. As I've stated on other podcasts, I am not a drinker. I'm not a smoker. I don't do none of that bull crap. That's not for me or my family, especially not for a four-year-old to be witnessing. So I definitely was getting out of there at all costs. So um, I did not do a whole reception video for them. No, they did not pay me. You know, and I fan- I panned the camera around a little bit, and I was like, I'm done. So okay, so we get there, and my cousins actually asked this dude to take a picture, and I didn't really want to take no picture, you know, with that guy. So I had on a shirt that said, not bossy, just better. And he, and so when he was giving me my camera back, I asked him, did he take a good picture? And he said, yeah, I took a good picture. You're the boss, right? So I looked down at my shirt and, you know, held it out so I could see it. And I was like, it says not bossy, just better. And he kept saying, you're the boss. And I'm like, okay, I didn't think nothing of it. The words fell right on my chest. 
this dude was looking at my chest. And that's when I figured out what kind of nasty uh, dude he is. Yeah, I almost said something like that. <laughs> that's when I kind of figured out what kind of dude he is, you know. And by the way, cursing ain't my scene. But nasty people, man, I be thinking of some words that I know ain't Christian. So anyways, um, I told my cousin what happened. And I, and I told them because they came the next day demanding the video from the wedding. And I'm like, I haven't even had time to sit down and edit it yet. And so I said, well, since we make demands, you need to demand your friend to tell me an apology because when I first met him, he called me gal. And that is a word that they use towards, if you don't know what gal is, gal is a word that's used or was used towards young women and adult women who were brown skinned, who were considered African-American, who were, came out of slavery during segregation too. They still use gal. They called them that as a way to undermine and demean them and let them know that you are below me. You're not a grown-up. You will never be an adult. You'll always be seen as a girl. You're a little girl. So shut up, little girl. That's another way of saying it in the, in the black community. They just say, little girl, you little girl, like other women, who, especially fat girls um, that used to try to come at me and they would be like, little girl, you better shut up, little girl, you know. And so that's the same thing that that dude did. But he did it by saying gal. You know, it's offensive. You know, it's also a way to get punched in the face, as other people have found out in the past. <laughs> so you could take you could take everything, but you can't take my gangster. <laughs> you, know? you can't take that. Sorry, it's just not. It's who I am, my personality. And I've learned to rock my personality and be myself. And that's seriously what it is because it's offensive to be saying that kind of crap to people. So um, I told them he owed me an apology. So the lady that my mar- my my cousin Mary is Caucasian, and you know she's a nice lady, and he always was attracted to Caucasian ladies, you know. So he always had, I think he is always he only dated one brown girl that I know of, you know. His preference, you know, do your thing, but um, I told them straight up that dude owes me an apology, and he got a uh, one week approximately to give me an apology. As of now, there has been no call, no apology. So I'm going to write the church and let them know what kind of ministers they're raising. Because when we talk about people in ministry, you don't want people out there representing your church call offending people of any color about anything. You just don't want that. It doesn't really make good for people to fill your freaking seats. And then if you're doing, they're doing false prophecies and false uh, teachings, either that's a reflection of your ministry or it's, it's some junk they got in them already and you just didn't know it. So my friend, he he read him and he was like, okay, um, the prophet friend was like, oh, he had a dark cloud over him initially, but then I saw a deep passion for God. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, he also has a deep passion for being dirty. So I told him, I was like, I told him what happened. And then he was like, well, you know, let's pray about it. And I was like, oh, we're going to pray. And I'm also going to write the church. And he agreed with me that the whole calling me gal thing was definitely not acceptable. And it's just, it's not something you should do regardless. You just met me. And as a person, I deserve respect. And I am a person that does demand respect. If you don't respect me, you can leave because I don't feel like anybody should be in the presence of anyone who's disrespecting them at any time. 
there is no need for anybody to disrespect anyone based on any part of them their hair their skin color and we're gonna we're even gonna talk about that because i had an experience at a hotel trying to celebrate my anniversary with my husband i don't even talk about that and i think i will make that my next podcast so why does this fall on the domestic violence and not on the racism to me it also falls on the racist dirty preacher but this falls on the domestic violence because this dude he he did something that only the and he is old so i'm telling you he perfected his old school um molestation tactics I don't know what's going on with that brown girl, but I would not be surprised if it came out that he was actually doing something with her. So, um, he was sneakily looking at my breast and nobody saw him do it. I didn't even see him do it, you know, but he quoted what was on my shirt without even looking down at my shirt which lets me know that he was looking because I had changed out of the wedding clothes into some some casual clothes because I was like we at this reception I'm not standing and everybody else for some reason I don't know what it is but Caucasians do not dress up when they go to parties and stuff so I'm like I'm tired of being dressed up too so I went and I joined the crowd (laughs) you know got into my my little street clothes and so he was reading my shirt and I have a nice shape, so he probably was looking at that too. I don't wear baggy clothes to hide my shape. I used to um, try to do that, but no matter what, my face was still beautiful. So old dude still came at me with dumbness. And the one thing I can't stand is an old guy trying to hit on me. And that has been happening my whole life. And I never had the courage to stand up to him and say, leave me alone. Because I was always taught to respect my elders. Now, you don't respect the wrong dumb junk they're doing. But it's always been in public. So, it's always like, oh, are you going to make a scene and be that that black chick? Or are you going to just let this happen? You know, and I'm like, no, neither one. You know, my option is always to leave. And I don't like lustful old men. And that's the vibe I get off him. Also, I've learned over the years how these do operate they operate in secret they'll do something in public that seems innocent and it's not innocent at all is is something that scars you for the freaking rest of your life you know and i've had that happen if something like that is happening to you i encourage you get the crap out the situation and don't just sit there and be angry take somebody with you and confront them because like it says, if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Sometimes resistance takes you to stand up to that person, to that spirit. Because I feel like that's just been a spirit just coming around this whole time trying to trying to try me. And I don't like that bullcrap. And until I confront it, it's never going to leave. You know, or it's going to find like the devils did in the Bible when that one guy got the devils cast out of him. Um, he went home. And he found seven more demons stronger than him. And so to me, that's what it's like. You know, if you confront me in one one way, I'm going to shape shift. I'm going to come at you another way. You know, and my thing is like, anytime you face with like a Houdini type person like that, don't ever be by yourself. Even in in a crowd, have someone that's, that's constantly monitoring you and them. Just don't take your eyes off like don't take your eyes off of them don't don't even go around them if you can't avoid at all costs and and altogether just avoid going to where they are you know and so my husband was right there beside me and he still didn't hear none of this horrible stuff that was being said and so I'm like 
we was not being vigilant that day. And I learned from that. Like, okay, yeah. Yeah, well, I know we go end up somewhere by you next time. So I don't know. So dudes like that, they do stuff where it seems like they've done nothing at all. They could switch in their environments. Like, especially if they like um they are nasty. And I think he got a thing for black girls. You know, and if this was a slave time, he probably raped the living crap out of me and it wouldn't be nothing my husband could do about it anyways. But we ain't in that time. We're not in segregation. We're not in that time. It's plenty that he can do to protect me from this situation. So I'm not accepting that bull crap, you know. And I just say stay away from people like that because they're not good. Now, what scared me the most about this situation with the with the little brown girl is, you know, the girl never said anything. And I don't, I really don't, I don't know. I just feel so, I feel like something there isn't right. So I'm going to keep praying on it. But like this situation was horrible. And even if I'm not explaining it in the best way, I'm telling you something about it was just not legit. It was not correct. And I feel like he don't need to be preaching the gospel. Cause like I said, he was preaching half truths and also it's like his wife is trained. Me and my husband, we, we said that it was like she was only trained to say two or three things. And when it comes to certain people reading the Bible, a lot of things in the Bible are metaphors. And some things relate back to that time period. And you have to find out which time period it is and who the people are that are being spoken to at that direct moment. And a lot of people take it literal i mean there are a lot of things in the bible that is literal but then there are a lot of things that are not literal and some people just don't get it so um i feel like some people they make themselves fools by reading the bible and reading it wrong there is a way that you can read the bible and you can read it wrong i feel like these people were doing that and trying to pull the wool over my cousin and his wife's eyes because of what was being said and as a minister who's been taught from from shoot I was born in church (laughs) let's just put it like that you know and have been learned and and had the privilege of being taught by the old old school and I mean the oldest of old school that you can get you know my pastor is a living legend and uh, you know the pastor I grew up with she's a living legend you know and to to have that as part of me and to know the things that I know and I, I just can't allow people to be nasty and shysty with the bible and there are those who will do it you know and if you find yourself in that company anytime they quote the scripture wrong at any point i don't care what it is get out that situation and anytime you feel the spirit of lust on them and the spirit of sneakiness get the crap away from them because they are already they are who they are and they're not going to change so that's all i got because i'm just i'm like so baffled you know I'm so baffled with this. I do not like dirty preachers. But until we meet again, the love of my heart is where I keep a friend. And this is Arthur Sunflower J, making you feel a billion emotions and then one. And you will tell me what that one emotion is. Good night, pot family.